This is the 30-something movie podcast, and we're going to lock down the audio from our Patreon-exclusive episodes so tight, nothing will leak out ahead of time. No. Christopher Walken, what are you doing here? We have got to keep this from getting out. I said no. But we have to keep it to ourselves. I don't want to. If people hear the preview, they're going to flood our Patreon with more supporters. I don't care. But then we're going to have to create even more bonus content if that happens. Too bad. All right, Mr. Walken, you won me over. Here is this month's preview of our Patreon-exclusive episode. When was the first time everybody saw this movie? For me, the first time was about 24 hours ago. No kidding. I had never, I had never seen this movie. Other, <sighs> other than the multiple times that I rode the great movie ride at Disney, I'd never seen any of this. I'd seen scenes, but I'd never actually seen this movie in its entirety. I am, I am... I am woefully inadequate when it comes to like older, like the the really famous older musical movies. I have not seen many of them. Huh. Yeah, it's just it's not <laughs> it's, it's not my thing that I sought out. All right. So. Yeah. So. All right. Enjoy it. I'll give a little spoiler alert because I would ask this question later of everybody. I did enjoy this movie, but I had just I had never seen it before twenty four hours ago. So. So that's my first time. When did you guys first see it? Gosh, I was probably I was probably in grade school. It would have been something that we saw at home. It might have been on cable or whatever, and we sat back and watched it. Musicals were pretty popular growing up. I mean, Pajama Game, Oklahoma, Sound of Music. It, it, Mom's most favoriteest thing ever, uh, Phantom of the Opera. I saw, I saw it all, and you know what? I probably knew the songs before I saw the movie. Um, Mom would love to just play music at, at home, and so we knew. I could sing the Pajama Game before I knew it was a movie, like that. It's sort of a. So I'm sure I I knew the music first, but it was sometime before high school for sure. I always remember thinking in high school when I was working on actual plays, like how in the good Lord would you make it rain on stage? It's always the thing I wanted to like, I wanted to make it rain on stage. I learned the hard part isn't making it rain. <laughs> well played Jeff. Uh, another kind of making it rain. I learned one thing though. The hard part is not making it rain. Cleaning it up. Getting rid of the water. <laughs> because water, as those of us who own homes know, is an invasive species that likes mm-hmm. to get in things and under things and do things. Mm-hmm. Water moves much like uh, uh, the, the go, the go, uh, I can't say it, the no goodniks from um, mm. Evil Dead 2. So whenever you see like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the evil moving, that's kind of what I envision water doing. Totally. We, we, we had to try a couple of different things when uh, when I was in this show. We had to work through a couple of different options to see what would work best to not only make it rain on stage, but also make it easy to get the water off stage without delaying the show. Without delaying the show, ruining the floor, having someone slip and break an ankle. That's always yep. that's a, yep. a concern as well. Yep. <laughs> You go tap dance on that wet floor. 
Yeah, what, what could go wrong? <laughs> no problem. Mm. Pat, when did you first see this movie? About 24 hours ago. Oh, nice. <laughs> I uh, I started watching it uh, on Sunday, uh, today being Tuesday. I started watching it on Sunday, finished it up on Monday, and here I am. I uh, are, are we looking for a one word or just when we first saw it? No, just when you first saw it. All right, man. First saw it about 24 to 48 hours ago. Okay. Oh, that does surprise me. I, um, you know, and Jeff, we discussed it. I, I, I apologize. I was not more clear with the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I thought for sure. Ah, anyway, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, I first saw this when I was a kid. I think Bo and I had a very similar upbringing. Musical theater was a very, not a huge thing in my family, but it was something that my folks introduced my, uh, my older brother and I to early on. Um, and they would take us to go see shows a lot. Uh, it was a it was a good family outing. But I remember definitely as a kid watching this movie, being familiar with this movie. So, yeah. Yeah. It's not a long time ago. Well, that was, and I think that's why, that's that was a little bit of a different stretch for me because I know growing up as a kid, a lot of ours was more modern musicals. Like, especially we lived when we lived over in London. You know, we'd go see Les Mis. We'd see Joseph. We'd see, it was a lot of the, like, Andrew Lloyd Webber kind of stuff. Um, you know, we'd see Phantom of the Opera. We'd see Miss Saigon. You know, those kind of things. Um, and But it really, yeah, I don't recall... So it may just not have been in my parents' wheelhouse to to watch as many of these movies. I'm sure they did, but, you know, I just don't recall as a kid being introduced to a lot of these musical movies of, like, the 50s. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the beginning of the movie and the introduction of the characters of Lockwood and Lamont. Dignity. Always Dignity. So how do you feel about these characters starting off with? I mean, I, for me, Lena was obnoxious from moment one. Well, that's what she's supposed to be. Yeah. Mutual, um, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> she yeah. she I, reminds it, you of other obnoxious characters from right around that same time period. Like there was a um, there was a, a, a type that they were going for with that. Well, if I close my eyes vocally, she sounded like Curly from the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of introducing characters, I, I like the way that they introduce the main characters being at a, a movie premiere. Um, thought it was a great way to get to know who these, who these characters are going to be in the story that we're about to see without it being a very typical opening. Um, you know, unlike a lot of musicals, this one doesn't start with a big number. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't start by getting the whole cast on stage, doing a thing, singing, uh, doing a whole song and dance. Because the stage play starts the same way. They start, you, 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 of course, have your orchestra playing, and then it goes right on into the, uh, the premiere of the movie in which you meet all the characters. So it's, it's kind of atypical from musical theater, especially in this time period. But... Uh, I think I like that it it took that chance and and did a little bit, something a little bit different. 
Well, I like the way that the story is. I, there, I know there's not much of a story, but and we, we kind of commented on that, I think, before we started recording. But <laughs> Get out um, of here. What? Yeah, you know. Um, but I, I did like the story that there is. I did like the premise of the whole thing, that it's the kind of the turn of the uh, moving from the silent films to the talkies and kind of, you know, the, the struggle and the conflict being them having to move from being the silent film actors to introducing sound and music and and all of the struggles i loved having you know having done this podcast and and audio recording for seven plus years now i i love the scenes and i know i'm jumping forward a little bit love the scenes where they had to place the microphone and nobody could quite get it right in terms of speaking into the microphone so i will say i very much appreciated kind of the premise of this movie and and what the what the uh conflict is that kind of brings this whole thing about now, what I had read, and you, you tell me if this is right or not, if you guys know this, uh, one of the things I had read was, really, they just had a bunch of songs in the back catalog that had not been used, and they pretty much just said, hey, we, we need a movie to pull some kind of a story together so that we can use a bunch of these songs, so go write something. Is that is that accurate? I, I think so. I, I don't know if it's that they had it in, like... I don't know that they were just sitting in a catalog. Mm-hmm. I, I think some of the songs were known okay. um, and utilized in this movie. But for the most part, most of the music was uh, was pre-written and they wrote a show around the existing songs. Okay. Yeah, it, it definitely had that feel of we want these songs, we want these artists showcased we just needed enough connective tissue of movie to get us from one tune to the other was kind of the feel that I got in, in looking at the, um, in watching the film or watching the musical on film. Yeah. So we kind of go from the introduction of the characters to, then we have a scene later on where uh, Don is getting chased by some of his fans and, and getting his clothes ripped. And so he escapes into Kathy's car. And at first she thinks she's being carjacked. And so we get introduced to her. Um, let's talk about actually her and Cosmo for a second, which, you know, at, at the at the time, we don't really know, if you're watching this for the first time, you don't really know that Kathy's going to become one of the major characters. Um, so let's talk about those side characters just a little bit, Kathy and Cosmo. How do you feel about them? Chekhov's Kathy. Chekhov's Kathy, yes. If you introduce her in Act 1, you got to fire her by Act 3. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not sure what, That's, what that, that is, means. I'm pretty uh, sure I'm not touching that one. I, yeah, yeah. I love both those characters. I think oh, I yeah. love I love the characters more than I do uh, Don and Lena. So yeah. much fun, both of them. Cosmo's great. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. I love Cosmo. He was hilarious. And, I, and and Cosmo was the guy with the almost Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield esque eyes, right? Yes. Was, Make him laugh. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Okay, that now, and he was the guy that when when they when he was had that mannequin thing on the couch, and he was just like bouncing all over the place and mm-hmm. doing all that. That was him, correct? Correct. The piano oh, yeah, player. There are some the stories about how bruised up he got doing that number. I, yeah. I read. I read in the trivia that he was in the hospital for a day or two after that number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the dude. They made him do it twice. Yeah. He smoked like a chimney, a couple packs a day, well, yeah. three or four oh. packs a day, which between that and then the uh, athleticism necessary, not just talent, the athleticism 
to keep up during that number. Yeah. Um, put him in the hospital and then something happened to the film and they made him go back and do it again. <laughs> Which is just cold, man. I mean, that's, <laughs> Mm. that's cold. There's no two ways about that. That was along the lines of the other thing I read in the trivia was uh, Debbie Reynolds said that the two most difficult things in her life physically were childbirth and singing in the rain. Yeah. It sounds like Gene Kelly was a bit of a taskmaster. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't a nice guy. No. Uh, Very much a perfectionist, very much expected people to be at his level. Mm Mm-hmm. When that, you know, it's just who the hell is going to be at his level, right? That's that's a tough act to follow for sure. It's it's not going to happen, but it didn't stop him from kind of putting that pressure and expectation on the surrounding cast. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, IMDb is full of trivia tidbits about how he treated um, Donald O'Connor and Debbie Reynolds and the lengths that they went through to try to survive emotionally survive working with him and Donald O'Connor eventually becoming the the sounding board for, for Gene Kelly to protect Debbie Reynolds and Donald O'Connor started taking a lot of the verbal abuse because Debbie Reynolds was what 18, 19 mm-hmm. when yeah. she made the film and same young. age. Um, Carrie Fisher was when she made Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, she would, she'd be found in rehearsal studios, hiding and crying and Mm. Gene Kelly, super talented guy. Not, not the nicest guy, apparently. Super not nice guy. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. There's a lot of that in, in that world where, you know, the creative geniuses just don't have that compassion So we get the uh, we get the scene obviously where he jumps into Kathy's car and they get introduced to each other. They have a conversation that kind of rattles him uh, and sends him into a bit of a tailspin, uh, where she is not impressed by his movie prowess, and that really kind of shakes him up. And that kind of leads a little bit into the the catalyst later on when uh, we find out that they have filmed this movie and it was the Dueling Cavalier, and it. Yeah, for lack of a better term, it just sucks. It's no good at all. Complete dud. So the Dueling Cavalier, uh, right around this same time, there is a Warner Brothers movie that's coming out that has sound, and people love the sound. They want the sound. Um, and it was funny to see some of those scenes where people are like, this is a fad. This is weird. There's somebody behind the curtain. And I just I imagine like during that time period what that would have been like for people to be in a movie that has sound for the first time. And I'm sure it probably was one of those things, you know, we have like a new tech thing that comes out now and you're like, that's crazy space age stuff. And I'm sure at the time they felt the same thing, same way about sound. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that this is something that um, this movie really portrayed well was the struggle with bringing sound into movies um i'll tell you it was a lot of fun when we uh when we when i was in the show and we had to play around with this and filming the movie scene and and i mean we had such a good time making the fake movie um 
and incorporating the sound and then getting it out of sync and getting the yes, 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 no, no, no to be completely opposite. And it was a good time. It was a good time, but it really, uh, it, I mean, it, it really taught us a, a lot about just the history of, of making movies and trying to, you know, you, you take for granted a lot of the technology now. And because it seems so not primitive, but just it, like, it's always been there. Yeah. So to put yourself in that position where you had to think about it as a person that has never experienced it before was really interesting. And to bring that to the, uh, to the character and bring that to the moment was, you know, made it a lot of fun. Hey, thanks again for listening to the 30-something movie podcast's monthly Patreon preview episode. If you'd like to find the full episodes, head on over to freezeropodcast.com slash donate. There you'll be directed to our Patreon page where you can join at any level of support to get access to these bonus episodes. There are other tiers of support available, but any level of support will get you access to the monthly bonus episodes. Everybody, thank you so much as always. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time.